Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis mortgage mastery mentor and head chick in charge of kinetic spark consulting hi everyone and welcome back to mortgage lending mastery i'm your host jen duplessis today i have with me jan copeland and there's a nice little story about how jan and i met it was you know several actually it's been several years it doesn't seem like it's been that long but maybe six years or something at least yeah um yeah, I think so. And um, a funny little story that she doesn't know, but you know, most people who have been listening to this podcast for a while know that I've been speaking and coaching and teaching for about 20 years now. And she had asked me to come out to an event that she was holding called Sterling Women at the time. And I know later we, you know, you changed the name and, you know, to be a speaker there. And ironically, that particular speech was probably one of the hardest speeches I've ever done in my life because of two reasons. One, it was the first time I ever told people my story and let people know that I came from, you know, what I came from. And the second part is that I stood behind a podium and it was the first time I'd ever stood behind a podium to do a speech because I don't do that. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was very confining for me. So it was really, really tough for me to do that. But anyway, it was just kind of interesting. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about Jan. She has been a real estate agent for 14 years, and she now has her grown children in the quicksand, as I call it, because both of my kids were in mortgage lending, right? And one still is. <laughs> and, you know, they are now, she's grooming them to kind of take over her business as she transitions into her real estate coaching company. And the name of your company, I can't remember the name of your company. Can you remind Jan, me? Jan Copeland Coaching. That's easy. Jan <laughs> Copeland Coaching. <laughs> Super easy. And she really has a very unique uh, niche, which is she is a mentor to, uh, specifically to women real estate agents and I, uh, realtors. And I want to, so we're going to talk about that today. Now, the reason we're going to talk about it is because as a realtor, if you're listening in and you are a woman realtor and you're figuring out, trying to figure out how to get some traction, Jan's going to enlighten you on some ideas here that will help you. If you're a loan officer listening or a title company listening and you're working with men and women realtors, you may want to take a different tactic with women that you do with, over what you do with men. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get started... 
Dan, I have a very poignant question to be asking you so that we can learn more about you. Okay. And that is when you think back on a time in your life or early time in your life that's interesting or is challenging, can you tell us about that time and how you think that that has shaped you as an adult in your life and in your business? Okay. That's a really good question. Thanks for having me on, Jen. Okay, so what my mind goes to immediately is when I was 29 years old and I had um, gotten promoted about eight months before to headquarters. So I had started at Bell Atlantic 9X Mobile, which was the cellular industry yeah. in 98, and I was a top salesperson, got promoted to sales manager, and then they were grooming me for an area VP, and they sent me to corporate. And I was a product manager and it was, I had, had to drive an hour and a half each way. And I had a three. DC, right? <laughs> I actually, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I lived in Trenton, New Jersey. Oh my gosh. Oh, I had to drive yeah. Bedminster, New Jersey. Yeah. Cause I'm a Philly girl. So anyway, I was originally from Philly. So anyway, I was driving an hour and a half each way, horrendous traffic going to Northern Jersey. And, um, I had this three year old, I was a single mom. And I took a pay cut because, of course, when you're at the top in sales, whether you're a sales manager or a salesperson, you're making the bucks. All of a sudden, they want to groom you, which means they're cutting your pay, right? And now and, they, they know exactly where you are and when you are all the time, too. Exactly. Exactly. So my freedom was gone. And so I was leaving the house at 6 in the morning and getting home at 6.30 at night because I left right at 5. And... Suddenly, I was like, you know what? Something's not right here. I have a kid. I'm a single mom. She's the most important thing to me, but I have about an hour and a half with her every day, if that. Yeah. So I just turned to God and I said, God, what am I supposed to do? And I heard very clear, go home. Get home to your support system. I have five brothers and sisters. I had a ton of nieces and nephews all back in the Philadelphia area. So I looked online, I got a, an amazing job, senior director of sales and marketing, having hundreds of people under me, making way more money than I ever made in my life with a 20 minute commute. So I sold my townhouse in, in Trenton, moved back to PA. And what that proved to me was that I could be accountable and um, empowered to do what I wanted in life because I was kind of letting the company tell them, take me where they wanted me. Right. And it really wasn't good for me. So I'd say that is a very telling, that kind of gave me confidence and empowerment to do what I felt was good for me. Yeah. And I, and I know that you then brought that into real estate too, because, you know, from the very first time I met you, which was way before I actually spoke, mm -hmm. uh, cause we met a couple times. I think you were a listing agent on one of the deals that we were doing. And I, and I know that you had some communication with some friends of ours, you know, some common real estate friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, I recognize that you did real estate differently as well, you know, because you had control over how you were going to do it and you weren't going to succumb to the traditional you know, make a bunch of phone calls and go knock on a bunch of neighborhood doors, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so tell us how, how, that, how you started your business, how you, you know, came in, what you realized, how you recognized that you should do things differently, and some of the things that you did as a newbie in the business so that anyone who's listening who's new can say, okay, from the get-go, I'm going to do it differently. Yes, okay, that's such a great question. So when I... I was living in, uh, my husband and I met on the internet in 1999, 
So I left and went to DC area. We were living in Northern Virginia. And then my husband got a job in Winchester, Virginia, which I'd never heard of. Right. And when I first went there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what happened, right? right. But then I kind of thought it was nice because it was more quiet. But anyway, so my husband said, I said to my husband, I'm bored. I've got to do something. My little guy was going to kindergarten. And he said, you know what? You love houses. You're all about HGTV. Just get your realtor's license. So I have to say, every time I've listened to him, I've thrived. Well, anyway, so I knew no one in a brand new market. Right. And I'm from the North. So I have, I talk fast. I have a Philly accent and I didn't know what I was moving into because people there have a Southern accent. So I was it's funny. We need to share that with people because, you know, I live equidistance between, um, well, not DC, but you know, I live out in the country as you know, but, and equidistance between two hubs, that being Leesburg and the other side being Win Winchester yeah. in Leesburg and East, we all talk fast, just like Philly people. Yep. On the other side of the mountain, which I live at the very base of the Blue Ridge Mountains, it's like Southern Virginia, even though it's West. Yeah. Yes. And so I joined a, um, a small, a mom and pop real, you know, realtor brokerage. Mm -hmm. And immediately, while the brokers embraced me, because they liked my background, my peers did not embrace me. And um, they said, you're a blow-in. And I'm so glad that now, now in that area, there's, there's so many blow-ins that they don't say that anymore. But anyway, so it was kind of like, all right, I've got to do this on my own. And of course, I sat there and thought, what am I going to do? And I'm like, wait, you know sales. So I knew that I wasn't going to be pounding doors because, uh, you know, and making phone calls. It's not who I am. And so I said, okay, Jan, think back to what you did when you were a top salesperson and manager and everything. So I immediately started, I love networking, so I'm good in person. So I started networking and I have an affinity for women. And I always have, even as a little girl, even in school, I remember in kindergarten, there was this little girl who was really shy and I always, she always kind of went off to the corner and I always said, come on, let's play. It's like, right. it's just within me, right? So I, um... I just really started going to places. I was always out and about. In other words, I was eating lunch out. I was getting coffee and eating breakfast out. I don't drink coffee, but I would go to those places to get, you know, whatever I got, bottle of water or whatever, so that I was out and about wearing stuff that, that clearly said I was a real estate agent. <laughs> and um, this is a great story. And this is so telling of how you can acclimate yourself to what's going on in the times. So it was good at first when I joined, meaning the market was good, but then it kind of died, right? It kind of just cut right off. And so I was with a mentor. I did have a mentor and I was to be with her three days a week. Well, we're sitting there. She had duty. She got a call that said, hey, show me this house from a buyer. She didn't qualify the buyer, nothing. So of course I looked at what she did that was good. And I looked at what she did that I didn't want to do. Anyway, nonetheless, we went out. There was a big sign on the door at that point that said, Wells Fargo foreclosure. And so we're waiting for the buyers to arrive. And I said, hey, such and such, you know, how do they get their agents? How did this agent get this listing from Wells Fargo? And she goes, oh, you have to be in the market, a realtor for 10 or 20 years. And, you know, oh, you're cute, kind of pat me on the head. Because I said, I think I'm going to research this. I want to get an A. I want to get these, uh, you know, REOs, these foreclosures. She thought I was cute, whatever. The, the lady came. She wasn't a real buyer. It was a waste of time. And I just shook my head. But. Nonetheless, I went back to my office, went into my broker's office. I said, hey, I'd really like to be an agent for Wells Fargo. Do you know how do you become one of those? 
And she goes, oh, Jane, you're so cute. She's like, no, but they want people with lots of experience. I said, okay. I went back, I Googled, da, 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 da. somehow, by God's grace, I found out an application. So the application clearly said that you had to be a realtor for at least two years and you had to have some other criteria. So I didn't lie. I was an agent for four months at that point. And I put four months and I put all my sales experience, management experience. And um, two days later, they called, they, I got an email that said, you're accepted. <laughs> so I immediately got like four listings immediately. I started doing BPOs. And meanwhile, I'm a top performer and everybody else is like, that BI, how did she get it? <laughs> right. And I'm just like, how did you do it? How did you do it? I applied and I didn't get it. Well, maybe it was my corporate experience. Maybe it was God's divine intervention, but that's how I got my start. And, and then I'll say one more thing. The other thing is like you mentioned, Sterling Women. I had been a coach, ICF certified, International Coach Federation certified. I don't know, five years prior to that. And I had started, I had been the first eWomen Network uh, managing director for oh, yeah. Tyson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we went to the Tower Club every, every month. Yeah. And so I had met the founder of Sterling Women there, Christina Bowiri. And then she came to Winchester for one of our chamber meetings. She tapped me and said, hey, I'd love you to do it. So anyway, kind of just being out allows opportunities to come to you. Yeah. 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 You can't be a secret agent, as they say in our business, right? You know, being a secret agent. That's right. Yeah. So I think that that's really key, you know, and of course, in in this environment, if you're new, if you've been doing it for a while and you're not as successful as you'd like to be, it's going to be hard to get out, right? So let's talk about what you're doing now and what you're suggesting now. And you and I've had some interactions back and forth, you know, because a couple of weeks ago, I did a, a webinar, a two-hour webinar for 182 realtors. And it was about the market and understanding um, and having my loan officer clients bring these realtors to the meeting because they didn't understand what was going on. And it's a big bone of contention with me, you know, the lack of, of understanding of how markets work generally in our industry. But I felt that, you know, the realtors were being, they were frozen. They were just, you know, procrastinating. They were sitting back and saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to have a business on the backside of this. So, um, so I wanted a way that we could jump in and say, okay, let's calm it down. Let's be patient, you know, and I really believe in learning, right, so that we can uh, leverage everything later. And I think that builds up confidence, right? right? So what are you suggesting and telling your clients right now uh, for the benefit of everyone who's listening is, uh, you know, what are some tactics, maybe two, three points that you're saying right now, do these three things to ensure that you continue to have that visibility instead of the invisibility that's, that's out right. there. That's right. Okay. Great question. So pretty much the same, the first week we got under lockdown, mm-hmm. I was saying, Hey ladies, cause I only coach ladies, as you, as you said, we need to be seen as the confident, caring, calm real estate expert. Yeah. Right. Yep. The best way to do that is through video. Mm-hmm. So I had shared that, you know, I don't care if you don't like the way you look, you don't like the way you sound, you know, the kids are screaming in the background. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. People care about, Hey, what the heck's going on? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I started offering Thursday masterclasses, which are still continuing and they will continue through the pandemic, but basically making video and maximizing video. So Going live gets Facebook algorithm to love you and open up more of your friends and whatnot to see actually what you're doing. 
So, but not only that, to make sure that you're saying, hey, ladies or who, audience, if yeah. you agree with what I'm saying or you like what I'm saying, can you give me a, a yeah, right yes in the comments? In other words, getting engagement on your video. Yeah, instead of just saying, oh, hi, so-and-so, because that reminds me of the old, uh, what was the name of it? When she looked through the mirror and said, and I see Jennifer and I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what a lot of people do. Like, hey, Bob. Hey, Susie. Yeah. But they're not engaging. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I'm laughing because I know that you were online and, um, and I thought it was great because you were teaching realtors how to actually do a Facebook Live, which was pretty hilarious because you were standing up and going, look, at these, this is what I'm wearing from here up and look yeah, at right. on here. And, you know, and the questions that were coming in, like, I don't know where that button is. And, you know, so it was obviously something that was needed, you know, so I commend you for taking the time to teach people how to do it. Well, thanks. Yeah, we actually had to make the videos challenge and then and I'm running it again next week. But yeah. I guess um, even to take it more than do watch parties a day or two later. Yeah, yes, and, yes. You can republish them. Yeah. And splice and dice it to make sure you can get it on an Insta story. Splice and dice it and mm -hmm. use it for posts with screenshots. And people, I think people are afraid to repeat. And they think, well, I said it once. Didn't everyone hear that? No. no. Why is it that when a movie <laughs> yeah. launches, yeah. you get inundated, and I'm not a moviegoer, but it's like, it actually pisses me off. It's like, enough. I don't want to see this movie, but yet they go over, 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 over. All the so, time. So I think and we need to What do you end up it. doing? Okay, fine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so video is huge. Being the calm voice that we're still transacting business, bringing a weekly update. Hey, in the last week, believe it or not, in such and such county or such and such zip codes, whatever constitutes your market, yep. here's how many houses went under contract, here many, here's how many got listed, here's how many closed. Because everybody thinks they're a real estate expert, which is hilarious, right? You list your house, suddenly your neighbor says, oh, you listed too low. And then they call the agent. Monday, they, by the way, too, everybody it does. And they know exactly what it's going to take to get a loan, yeah. It's ridiculous. So you put yourself out there as the one, as the go-to person. So videos, number one, the second thing that I told them to do and I suggested was to be the connector in your local market amongst all the entrepreneurs, all the mom and pop shops in your market, call them up, get on a weekly Zoom and give each promise to give each other shout outs. They give you shout out, you give them shout out and you are again, the calm, caring, confident agent who is the leader. Yeah. And then um, you asked for three things. So I guess the third thing would be to um, really engage with your friends, your Facebook friends, your Instagram uh, connections and followers, because people complain. I'm sure they do lenders too. Hey, I don't have enough. I only have 100 followers or whatever, or 200 friends. What do I do? Well, if you don't engage with the ones you have, then you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah, and I, I think that's important for your, your database as well, not just your online, oh, yeah. your clients, because, you know, and I call that your community. I don't ever call it my database, but, you know, making sure that you're checking in with them and using that same calm and care and connection, uh, you know, and confidence, because, and this is where the learning comes in that I was reflecting back on, is that a lot of people were saying, well, I don't feel confident calling them because they're going to ask me about what's going on and I don't understand it. And that's really why I said, you know, look, I need to teach everybody how to understand this so we can increase their level of confidence so that they will engage, yeah. you know, with people. So I think those are absolutely wonderful. I thank you. And I wrote them down because I always, this podcast is all about taking action, you know, so I want to make sure that I, that I can repeat them at the end and make sure that, 
you know, people are putting this into play and we're not just talking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's been absolutely wonderful. So, you know, and I think what, what it also does is it starts to plant seeds. And especially as you were saying, engaging with your community of, or the connections, that it's also planting the seeds. You know, this is the perfect time that if you haven't had a chance to build that home services team, personal team, financial team, transaction team, this is the time to build that team. And I think it's also a time for you to be looking at who's not calling you, who said they were your partner, but now they're not even calling you during this. This is a new, you know, recalibrating, you know, relationships, Mm -hmm. I think is is a good time to do as well. So, Okay, so thank you so much about that. So I want to I transition into the differences between men and women and why, uh, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting statistic, and I'll let you say this statistic, um, not the case in the lending space now. Used to be the case, but it's not the case in lending space. So why don't we talk about the statistics of realtors, men versus women, and why you felt compelled to really help women. And then I'd like to hear some of the differences that you are guiding women through strategically. Sure. Okay. So um, I think the latest statistic is 64% of the United States' agents and brokers are women. Mm -hmm. And when I say brokers in this sense, I don't mean broker owners. I mean, in some states, you're not known as an agent, you're known as a broker. So anyway, to clarify that. But when you look at the Power 200 list, when you look at the top teams and the top individual agents, I think it's 60% are men, 40% are women. Mm-hmm. And when that latest you know, list came out in January or February, I went and looked painstakingly at the top 10 teams. Eight were men. And yet I looked at their websites and the bulk of their agents or brokers, whoever was on their, you know, on their team, were women. Okay, so that really takes me off. And and I think that in my research psychologically, because I'm very much into psychology, I discovered that men will take action when an idea is less than 30% complete because they'll figure it out on the way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're mechanics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they are. That's how they think. Yeah. So women have to be at least 75% in their brain, in their mind, done before they'll act. That's a problem. Yeah. What does that tell you? Women are grab onto the fear and let that hold them back. Whereas men take the fear and for whatever reason, run with it. Yeah. Okay. So when I came in to that market where, you know, where we met, there was one particular guy that was number one. And I said to my husband, I'm going to kick his butt. Okay. (laughs) I think and, I know who that is, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, and I did. And I loved it. And it wasn't that I hated him. It was just that I knew I was better. Yeah. But I have to share with you that everyone that I talked to, be they men or women, were intimidated by this person because he had been number one for a decade. Okay. And, and I think it's not anything against men. I have a husband. I have sons. I love my dad. All that. Okay. It's just that. In business. Um, inside of me, my mom was, is a chronic, was a chronic depressed woman because of the hell she went through, which I won't go into, but she was tormented as a child, okay, abused by her parents. And so she brought that with her because everybody's perception is their reality. 
Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I've always been, remember I said kindergarten when there was a little girl shy, I wanted to bring her into the fold, but I want everybody to know their value. And I want everybody, every woman to know not only their value, but that they can speak from their vantage point. We talked about video, in other words. Right. Whenever I run the Make Two Videos Challenge, women's biggest reason for not isn't that they look bad, okay, although that is a reason. It's that they're not confident in the content and they're afraid someone's going to comment negatively or challenge them on their facts. So what I like to coach my clients on is, hey, that MLS, you should be in there in the initially hours studying either a neighborhood or a price range or a zip code or a style of home and just really niche in and just be so that nobody else knows it like you do. And that's what I did in my market. And I would just be talking about it even though I hadn't even sold a house. Now, back then it wasn't video. My video started in 08. So I love when they pop up on my Facebook. I love watching how cute I was back then. Cause it was like, it wasn't good. You know what I mean? It's not that they're good now, but you know, you get better as you get more educated. Yeah. But the fact that I was out there sharing what the market was from my perception, men are very good at that. Women are not. And so my heart is, that's what I'm trying to teach them, that you have a voice. You have, you an have a perception. Yeah. Right. You have an opinion and nobody can question your opinion of the facts. So if you're in the MLS, you know how to pull average days on market. You know how to pull, you know, how many months of, you know, on hand inventory we have, whatever, then you can stand within your confidence and make assessments and adjustments from that. And I just want to share one more thing. And that is Barbara Corcoran. Mm -hmm. She was one of the only women, if not the only woman initially. And that's how she got her start. And I forget what she called her weekly Corcoran newsletter or email it probably wasn't an email it was a newsletter that she would mail out but it was her perception of the market and that got her to rise to number one yeah i actually think she calls it the corcoran connection yeah i've spoken with her on stage many 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 times i know barbara wow (laughs) she's probably one of my most favorite women around and people ask me all the time you know because i've spoken with some very heavy duty people i'll keep my comments to myself about most of them but she is a doll, an absolute doll. This woman is a hard worker. She's ethical. She's Christian. She's, I mean, she's just wonderful. Absolutely love her. Awesome. So I want to kind of backtrack on some of the things that you said. Uh, one of the things that you said is niching. And this is a big challenge for a lot of people. And I think until you get to a point where you're successful, you understand the concept of niching to grow rich or, you know, how everybody is, someone wants to say that. But I think it makes, in my opinion, uh, it's not about the niche to grow rich. It, it definitely is. But for me, it's about increasing your market influence because now you're seen as an expert in one area. And one of the challenges I have with a lot of salespeople, and I won't keep it specific to our industries, but is that, you know, there's a tendency to say, if you know anybody, one, it's if you know anybody who is looking to buy, sell, rent, refi, please call me. And I don't know anybody. Because the question is just wrong. It's just wrong. And if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody. And what we want to do is shine a, you know, put a spotlight on your niche. So talk to us about how you determined your niche. There's all kinds of ways that people do it, but how did you determine what your niche was going to be? So this is what my, the basis of my coaching. Okay. And this is how I did it as well, which is why it's like near and dear to my heart. So 
think about when you go, when, a, when an, an agent gets their license and they, they choose a broker, and what does a broker tell you? And this isn't bashing brokers, but yet I, I'm just saying what I see, okay? Yep, pound the doors, work open houses, go to chamber, grab your chamber, grab, join the chamber. Get a bunch of your business cards together, yeah. Yep. Yep. Get your business cards, get your, you know. And they talk about as if it were cookie cutter, as yep. if, if you do these things, and do them whether you feel like doing it or not, you're going to be successful. Well, this is why the average realtor currently right now, I think the number is what? Is it 42,000 a year? 42,000, right? Yeah, 42,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my whole thing was, okay, what do I like? Because guess what? Working, I'm going to be doing a heck of a lot of it. And I want to be around people I want to be around. So because I had an affinity for women, I wanted to be around women. Yeah. So every time I went to a networking event, I was looking for three to four women that I would ask out for coffee afterward so that I could really get to know them. Yeah. Then, you know, so I made a conscious decision that I wanted to work with either executive women, professional women, and women that were really conscious of the community because I wanted community leaders. Okay. So I just jumped in and yes, I, I joined the chamber, but only for one season because that would get me connected. And then after that, I took accountability. So I have a client, for example, who when she comes to me, we, we do a, a me assessment, okay? And sadly, most women have no idea what they like anymore because they're getting to this and that and they have no idea. But anyway, we have a whole process for that. So this woman said, Jan, sadly, all I want to do is have lunch with friends. I'm like, great. Why is that sadly? Start a lunch. Start a women's lunch. Yeah. We started it last May. So she, she got four people. Now she has about 20 to 30 people every twice a month for lunch. Well, not now, but before that, before this pandemic, right? And now they do on Zoom. And the, in the last month before pandemic, she started a dinner because some people couldn't make lunch. They said, hey, can we meet at night? So then she had a dinner, right? So she has over 3,000 people in her Facebook group, which is great. You need to have a Facebook group that's hyper-local. And she never has to prospect in any way other than within the ladies who are in her group, who go to her lunches, who went to her dinners, and now they're meeting on Zoom. And then I have another lady who the last one is, is that she was into gardening. And when she came to me, she's talking about gardening. And I'm like, okay, do you go to a gardening club? She goes, well, I used to, but now I can't. I go, how come? Well, because I'm doing networking at the chamber. <laughs> right. And then so the bottom line is she joined the gardening. And within a year, we worked together for a year. She closed, she got and closed $2 million plus listings. And her av market's average was 248. Yes. Yeah. So in other words, when you dive into who you are and who you want to hang out with, you shine because now you're not being fake and you don't feel like, oh, I'm not comfortable here. Right. Right. No, I love that. I love that. You know, and I think that that's really powerful because then people know you, you who, for who you are. I mean, otherwise people are just like, I don't really know. Or, ooh, they're that realtor who comes in with their business cards and they're like a cat on a marble floor and they're just constantly, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? Okay, so I want to back up just a little bit again on this, the original comment that you had made, which was, you know, getting out there and doing videos. Um, and I'm not going back to your three things. I'm talking about what you did, right? Yeah. And I want to talk about content because uh, I just want someone else to talk about content. <laughs> because a content is the easiest thing in the world, but I don't know where the, the wall is for so many people. So as a realtor, what is the content you're putting out or you're suggesting that people put out? Okay. So I don't put any realtor stuff, just to make it clear, I don't, I don't market myself as a realtor. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, not anymore. But 
what I'm telling my kids to do and all my clients to do and my followers is one of three things. Right now, because of the pandemic, people need lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling them to let people see your, quote, co-workers as a little kid. I just posted a picture before I got on here of my granddaughter. My daughter sent me a picture of her with her preschool. She's three having preschool on Zoom with her little dolly next to her because yeah. show and tell day and she was going to describe her dolly, okay? That is like lighthearted and cute, okay? So entertaining. I know on TikTok, which I don't do, but I think that any kind of family videos of dancing and, and cooking, because I hate to cook and we used to go out to eat all the time, so it's different now. And thank God my son lives with us and he loves to cook. But, you know, just letting people see glimpses behind the scenes of your real life I think that's really cool because then people will be attracted to you or repelled from you. And that's fine. We don't need people that are going to repel. That doesn't matter. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is really education. So entertainment, education, and education could be anywhere from like the weekly update, which I highly recommend as far as this is how many homes have gone under contract in the last week, how many have listed, how many have sold, closed. And then just, just giving them your feedback as far as how you are keeping everyone safe and how you are facilitating business as normal in these new times, right? Right. And that includes not only, you know, when we show we're going to wear gloves, whatever, but also asking for virtual appointments like, you know, just on Zoom or even FaceTime. Because again, these people that are sitting home that were thinking they were going to sell their house and move after after Johnny graduated high school, (laughs) <laughs> They're shaking their heads like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so, they, need, they need someone to lead them out of that. You know, yeah. they need them to help them make a decision because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could talk about there because, yeah. you know, a lot of people that I've talked to, because they're at home so much, are now saying, this is not the home. That's right. And I think that's something that people will be, you know, experiencing. And I, we're going to have some pent up demand. I want yeah. to talk to you, you know, so, so the, the philosophy that you're talking about here is really along the lines of jab, 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 hook, yes. which is a book, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's a little of this, a little of that, a little of this. Oh, by the way, I'm a realtor. That's right. This is, this is, oh, by the way, I'm a lender. But I want to talk more about the content. And, and I guess, you know, I just want to get your yep. confirmation of this, I guess, rather than asking you, you know, another question about it is that, you know, during the course of a day, as realtors and loan officers and title people, whoever's listening, you know, any entrepreneur, we are asked thousands of questions, mm-hmm. thousands of questions. Yep. And that becomes your content. Yes. Yeah. You're frequently asked questions. Absolutely. You're anything, you really need to be cognizant of those frequently asked questions. And yeah. in fact, I have a buyer intake form and a buyer presentation and a listing intake form, listing presentation that proactively addresses many of the frequently asked questions. So why not do a video about, hey, this, this is how I transact business with a buyer prospect and go over that and you'll be answering their questions. Again, elevating yourself as the expert, the confident, calm, you know, professional. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad you confirmed it for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, knew it, I knew it was the answer. I just, I wanted to make sure everybody heard this again and again. I feel like a broken record with this. And when people say, I just don't know what to say, You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. How many times do you ask questions? You know, what is the earnest money? Do I pay with a check? Do, yeah. Can I wire it? Do I have to pay it all? Could I do a, you know, and, and offering the promissory note and, you know, when are they going to cash the check? 
all of those can be repurposed into the various social media, you know, platforms. I call it the daily deep dive, right? Digital yeah. deep dive, because one question can be spread among all of the digital platforms in different ways. That's a right. meme about a check. Yep. That has a check, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. it has a house in the back of it. You're writing a check for a house, right? So you can use that as a, as a tool. You can do a video and then, and then dumb it down and do links to it and do screenshots of you know, things that you're talking about. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it goes on and on and on forever. Yeah. Okay, so the last question I want to ask you, and as we kind of wind down here, you know, is talking about the difference between men and women as it's strategic, you know, in strategic marketing. I feel like a lot of uh, people, I, I think both sides do random acts of marketing. Mm -hmm. um, right? that. What, that. Yeah, what is different about the strategies that a woman is going to have over the strategies that a man has so that someone who's listening can say, if I took this one or two strategies that Jan gave me today, it's really going to pivot my business and it's a big aha moment for them. Well, I think that, like I said earlier, in terms of strategy, that instead, like, stop, stop comparing because you're always going to lose, right? Yeah. And just really dig deep into what your favorite part of real estate is. You know, what part of the transaction, what part of the business is your, and then digging deep into that because I feel like we, women and men, but especially women, they're so overwhelmed and fear-filled that they're taking this course and that course and everybody's offering free courses right now, right? So I had somebody email me today who said, I've taken in the last two weeks, she said 13 trainings <laughs> and I have a notebook and a half of, of, of information yep. and I'm stuck, right? Yep. So, so it's stop that because everybody's going to tell you what they think, right? Mm -hmm. But it's time to come inside. And like I said, you know, like for me, I focused on women and then what kind of women? And then everything I did, I made sure I was where they were. So, so deciding how you're going to show up and who you want to do business with. Because if you don't decide who's going to do business with you, then the low-hanging fruit are going to do business with you. And the low-hanging fruit are looky-loos and people that are going to be problematic, make you cry. And, you know, you don't want them. You want to repel those. You want to do business with people that are like you that enjoy the things that you enjoy are going to appreciate and respect your areas of expertise within the business. So, you know, men just, you know, like I said, they, they spray, pray and spray. I don't know. They, you know, they're the ones on the dialers and they're the ones that are before pandemic knocking on doors. And, and they're the ones that at the, at the networking event are so in your face that, you know, people react to them just because they're so overwhelming. Right. But that really doesn't work anymore. And we're seeing more of that. Women, we're gifted with being very relational naturally yeah. and empathetic. You know, in most situations, a mom is going to approach a skin knee one way and dad's going to approach it another way. So we are more the empathetic, more the heartfelt yeah. and sincere. And so that's where we need to dig our strategy into. And own it, you know, yeah. own it. And Unapologetically and authentically, right? <laughs> And, uh, you know, so, you know, if you're listening here, you're a loan officer and you're a male loan officer and you're trying to work with a female real estate agent, I think it's really important for you to understand that aspect and kind of slow it down, you know, back up a little bit and say, you know, if I'm going to guide them, I'm not going to guide them in my manner, my way. And this is one of the reasons why in all business, in all business, managers tend to manage the way that they are. And, they, and so they'll tell you to go knock on doors because that's what they did. 
in the mortgage space, it's go deliver rate, <laughs> which nobody's doing anymore. But you know, that was the thing is take rate, you know, go deliver rate sheets and buy donuts. And I used to throw away the rate sheets and sit in the parking lot and eat all the donuts. Woe is me because I didn't like cold calling. Right. And so I found a different method, <laughs> a different method to the madness. So I think that's really cool. You know, it reminded me of one of my colleagues, um, Cami Baker. She talks about people in networking being skunks, right? <laughs> the kind that people are like, ooh, uh-huh. Here I, go away, go away, right? Or the shark, the one who comes in and goes, dun, 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 who's my next victim, right? And they charge you and they, and they do, you know, all, the, all of those things. And then the person who's the squirrel, who's just a card collector and they have no intent of following up whatsoever and their mouth is full of cards. And she just recently added a sloth, right? The one who's sitting in the corner on their phone, right? And they're not doing anything. They're just kind of there. You know, you know them, the roamer, and you're like, avoid them like the plague, right? And, um, you know, she says, you know, it's really important to be a spider. Be someone who is in there by design, building a web. And what a spider does is it builds this beautiful web, uh, you know, with great connections that's strong. And it sits back and it waits for people to come to them. And that's what we're talking about here is, you know, stop going out and being that shark and that skunk and turn yourself into, you know, a spider so that you can build this unbelievable web of connections. And now's the time to do that. Um, The pandemic has slowed us down enough to be able to put those types of things in play. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, really cool. Okay. So the last question is, you know, one of the things that you had uh, said to me is that today's marketing calls for a system that most other coaches simply aren't talking about. And I'm here to give you another way to do that. So if you don't have strong relationships with referral partners or referral friends, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have a big community, or you haven't talked to your clients, your past clients for the last seven years since they bought their house, yep. Yep. <laughs> what's your advice to get this ball rolling? Okay, well, my um, friend Tammy Bunnell, the CEO of Exit Realty, was on our She's Unstoppable Live virtual conference, and she calls it the Dirty Dozen. And so it's find 12, you know, relating uh, companies or people um, that will support you and your clients. And so quite frankly, right now is the time, like I said earlier, to offer to be the leader, to bring them together on a Zoom call, but reach out individually, person to person to say, hey, guess what? In this time, my business is still going. And I want to bring you into the fold. I want to see if you're the kind of person that I can, um, you know, refer with confidence because my goal is to always refer at least six to 10 people per week. And so you become known as the connector. You become, you share your genuine desire to that you're not sitting back during these times, that you're still out there, out there, meaning on social media, texting, texting, however, emailing so that you can be the source of the caring, confident person in the market. And so really, it's just a matter of getting out of your fear and just reaching out. And I think with social media, like I've connected with so many people like Tammy Bunnell, like Dottie Herman, like all these big people who have been in the industry for decades, who otherwise without social media, I would have never had the opportunity to approach them. And I want to share with this, I want to share with you this. Video is how I got Dottie Herman to come to last year. She's unstoppable. And Tracy Tudor from Million Dollar Listing LA. Video is how I got Tammy Bunnell, how I got Joan Doctor, and many of the other people who I've connected with. 
I send, I get ready. Okay, get ready, ladies, get ready. And then I shoot a video on Zoom and put it over on my Vimeo and I shoot it out to them. And they all always say, Good, you sent a video because otherwise I get a million emails or a million mess- PMs and a million DMs. And the reason I'm responding back to you is because you took the time to make a heartfelt video. So why not do that and share yourself with your local potential partners? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you said it very quickly. I want to make sure we capture it for everybody is Vimeo. So, you know, that that's a method you, you're using. And I know there's thousands of different methods and many people already have them. They're just not utilizing them. Right. Right. And I think that that's, you know, really sad. So I love that she calls it the dirty dozen. I call them my apostles, my 12 apostles. And I've called them that for years and years and years, they're my A plus referral partners, no matter what line of work they're in. They're my confidants, you know. That's awesome. I always just call it the tribe, but I'm like, ooh, dirty dozen. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, the bottom line here is what we're talking about is how to go from being invisible to being invincible. Love it. Regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Absolutely. bottom line. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we close up today, I want to ask you, what is one of your favorite quotes that it becomes a montage for you or something that you always revert back to and say that this is really something that compels me to continue? Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's when I feel like, you know, we all have bad days. You know, we've all probably had a cry or two since this pandemic started, like, what's going on? But then when I just say, I can do all things through Christ, boom, that gets me energized and back, back up and back moving. Yeah. And it's a reminder to let go and let God, right? I, because that's something that I look at every day, right? Yeah. It's just stop trying to control it all, Jen, just let go and let God, someone's going to be looking out for me. And I think that, you know, if I do good for other people, they'll do good for me as well. So, well, Jan, it's been absolutely, I was thinking, this is the Jan and Jen show, yes. um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Because I have to introduce myself a lot of times as Jennifer, because when I say Jen, people are go, Jan? And I go, no, no, like Jennifer. So I might as well just say it in the beginning. Um, but I go by Jen all the time. But yeah, the Jan and Jen show. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, because I know we're all very busy. I'm on a four-day summit right now with CEO Space. Wow. Um, so as soon as we're finished, I'm going to pop in and then pop back out and pop back in all day long. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to share this with everybody. And I think this information is so powerful, regardless of what the market's like. Really great. So how would someone get a hold of you? We'll have uh, some links, but what is the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Well, they can get on my calendar, chatwithjan.com, or go to Facebook, um, facebook.com slash coach Jan Copeland. Okay, great. Wonderful. And we'll have all those links. And I know that you're also giving our listeners a really nice gift. So it is your vault, right? It's four yeah. different, four uh, thirty-minute or less quick training sessions to remind us what the four sessions are, so that they know what they're getting. Thirty pieces of content in thirty minutes or less. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think um, how to figure out your own style and why that's important. Yeah. How to use Canva to create engaging Instagram stories, and then how to style your listings: the power of staging. And then, like I said, style masterclass with a style coach and then 30 pieces of content in 30 minutes. So awesome. that's it. And you can get it by going to coachjancopeland.com slash vault. Yep, vault. And we'll have that link in here as well. So 
you know, take her up on her offer, go get that content. Um, if you're a loan officer, title company, go get that content so you can share it with a realtor, right? Because they may not be listening to this. So uh, Jan, again, I want to say thank you so much for bringing this information to us. It's so powerful. And I know that, you know, people can get onto your Facebook page if they're a realtor. And um, thank you. Thank you, Jen. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, thank you so much for listening in again today. Uh, just a quick reminder, please leave us a review and a rating. Um, it's so easy to do. If you're on your iPhone, you just scroll down to the bottom of your iPhone and right there you can do it. I know a lot of people are saying, I don't know where to do all this. That's all you have to do. Just scroll down on your iPhone if you're an Apple uh, podcast. And also don't forget to go to goodpods.com. It is a location where all podcasts are listed in one place and you can search for your favorite topics and see what others are talking about. And please be sure to always pay this podcast forward by sharing it with your realtor and loan officer friends and, and anybody else who you think would love to hear how to have some better personal and professional growth. So I will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.